Hello and welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I am Matt Benson. With me, as always, is Justin Kizan, the resident Spielberg enthusiast. Oh, and I'm the resident Spielberg guy with this. I forgot how to start the show. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay. been a month, and it's uh, my brain was damaged from the last one. Well, we did something a little differently this time, so I can That's... understand why you kind of. Uh, the brain lagged because it's not how we usually do the show. That's correct. For the first time ever, you and I watched the film together. Yeah. And we did it right before recording. Yeah. Like immediately right before. We right? have just finished yeah. the 1997 mm-hmm. historical epic Yes. Amistad. Uh, Matt, as yeah. per usual, what any knowledge of the film or pre- you know, anything about mm-hmm. the film you knew about beforehand... Uh, before watching it, tonight. had you seen it, watched well, I'll, anything? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll flash back to a previous episode when you asked me if I had any previous knowledge mm-hmm. of um, the film Always, mm-hmm. at which point I said, I think maybe Matthew McConaughey's in it. Right. Uh, so that, I'm just going to repeat that <laughs> as my <laughs> previous, previous knowledge for this film. Yep. And, uh, but this time I was right. Mm-hmm. Because Matthew McConaughey is in this film. Right. It, that was all I knew. So basically, what we what, what I've distilled it down to is the only element that mm-hmm. shares always with Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. is the letter A and Steven Spielberg. And Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Steven <laughs> Spielberg. Hold yeah. on, give me some cred. But, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny when you brought that up, I my eyebrow arched a little bit, and when we watched Always, what? Yeah. Maybe a young Matthew, because I haven't seen the film, and that yeah. movie even surprised me by having a young Ben Stiller. So, it was, so it's no, possible. no, he was in the part of the sun. I see. I see yeah. I'm already mixing up my airplane movies. Yeah, that pe- those. T- yeah, uh, Air- yeah. Anyway, um, so yes, Amistad. So that's that was all I knew. A, a movie, a movie that had Matthew McConaughey in it. Correct. Fair enough. And that it was a historical situation. Yeah. What did? How, how about you? I um. It was definitely, I think I, for me, what was interesting to me is I realized as, uh, as I was growing up, this might have been the first Spielberg movie I went, oh, maybe later, <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, after Lost World, mm-hmm. um, Burnt. I mean, it was the same year as Lost World. So yeah. Probably. These are both 97. It was the old Jurassic Park Schindler's List combo. Exactly. After Lost World, I felt burnt. Yeah. And I was... I was pulling for maybe he'd give me a good drama, and then I saw the trailer to the film, and I went, "That looks fine." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like nothing about it really grabbed me. Nothing about, I mean, I I, I like the actors, sure, um, but nothing about it made me go, "Oh man, I gotta see it." I, at that time, I yeah. went, "Well, maybe my brother wants to watch it." Like that, it became the first Spielberg movie. I kind of went. I guess later? Yeah. Like that, you didn't need to watch it. I didn't need to see it. Yeah. Apparently I didn't need to see it for nearly 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got there in the end. Um, what, how old were you again? Can you refresh us? Uh, 97, so... Probably 13. 13. 14 pushing, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. What uh, was your sense of McConaughey at the time? He was the dude that was in A Time to Kill. Okay. Um, his his thing in the '90s seemed to be sticking up for racial justice. Yes, yes. Yeah. As a lawyer, as a lawyer, yeah, yeah specifically. Ag- agreed. I'm waiting for the third in the trilogy. Yeah, at this point. Um, no, I don't think the, I don't think the case in Lincoln Lawyer. I was gonna bring that up, but when you saw it brought up, like, no, no, not in that terms of social justice. Yeah. So um, well, also that movie is very bad. Yeah. Lincoln Lawyer. No. People credit it as the start of the rec- the reconnaissance, but it's very bad. It's a yeah. bad movie. Um. Really? They, they do? I've heard it before. That is insane. Um, I think it was because it was him doing like a kind of not romantic comedy again for the first time you know in what? a while. 
I can see that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, still that movie's a piece Oh, garbage. Um, but we're not uh, on venue, the venue on really shitty Matthew McConaughey movies, which yeah. that actually could be a podcast. Not, I won't be in that show, but... <laughs> I might. Uh, you might? Stop me. Oh, hey, I like McConaughey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what were you going to say? But yeah, no. Uh, prior to that, knowledge, uh, my feelings on McConaughey was, oh, right, that guy. And I liked him enough. Yeah. I, I, I saw Contact, and I liked him in, in Contact. Sure. You know, he wasn't... As the Christian man. Yeah, no. That was the, his whole bit in the film, right? Uh, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen It's been Contact. a while. He was fine. I liked him in that one just fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. Had you seen Days of Confused, or were you too young? Too young. I didn't yeah. get to it until, like, 2000, when yeah. I was in high school. Yeah. Which, I guess, was appropriate. Yeah, yeah. so... And yeah, no, he's like he's great and dazing and confused. So sure. I mean, like, had you seen the Newton Boys? No, again, <laughs> another one of those. Maybe later. Yeah, still hasn't gotten around. That's that. a it's, packed cast, though. That movie. What that? What's that? The, the Newton Boys is a packed cast. It's a packed cast, and yeah. I'm a huge Richard Linklater fan. Sure. But that's one of those. Uh, like 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 on the stuff. Yeah, another historical <laughs> movie. I went. Maybe, I will, maybe another time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I will also say this from my prior knowledge of Amistad. It, along with Always, because of the confusion, it's part, it's, those are two of three films that I always mix up. Mm-hmm. Do you, you want to try to guess the third? Wow, okay. And this is going to be hard because I don't recall the title of the third right now. It's another Spielberg movie? I don't think so. I don't know then. Man. I, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's another historical movie. Okay. I believe it starts with an A. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And I believe a young Elijah Wood is in it. Wow. It's Back to the Future Part Two. No, uh, well, it was, it's a, I believe it's a movie about like Jewish immigrants in America in the twenties. Oh, maybe. Avalon. Avalon. That's the other movie I confused. Avalon. This Actually, understandable. Yeah. In a weird degree, that was a Barry Levinson film. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I also mix that Avalon <laughs> into these. I, part of my brain's like I can understand to a small certain degree yeah. if vagueness is the key, which it is in this case. Mm-hmm. Understanding mixing up Avalon with Al- Amistad. Yeah. Um, mixing it always in this trio was a little bizarre <laughs> to me. Um, because it's not, always is not some sort of historical look at the past. It sure. always is a okay <laughs> <laughs> fantasy romance that I'm not that fond of, as we found out in the episode. Yeah. Um, we're hearing about Amistad. The only other prior knowledge I have about Amistad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, in my old sketch comedy group, yeah, the sad truth, short of trailers mm-hmm. and short of a little, a nice riff they did on a Mystery Science Theater 3000 special, mm-hmm. um, the most I saw of the film is the clip and, of, of Jaiman Hansu's character, Sinke's shackles being dropped. Oh, yeah. Because we used that clip in a comedy sketch <laughs> for my old sketch comedy group. Yeah. Um... Uh, Think, look up Kristen Stewart's not impressed by sketchcomedyshow.com. Okay. Um, it's, it's a fun, it's a, it's a decent sketch, but yeah, no, we, we played a uh, slightly borderline, I don't think it's super offensive, slave <laughs> joke. Um, and we used a clip from Amistad. Okay. I think I actually really declared, actually, well, like, I was actually my idea, despite the fact that I've never seen the film. Yeah. It's like, well, we need some sort of historical thing. I'm like, just use a clip from Amistad. <laughs> and they did, and slightly regret that a little bit. <laughs> Um, but we've both seen the film now. We both have seen the film now. Yeah. How did you feel um, about it? I overall, mm-hmm. I think what's what's amazing to me about this viewing, I realized I, I did no prior looking it up. I looked up no reviews. I saw no trailer. Mm-hmm. This is probably the purest experience of watching a Spielberg movie by kind of not really knowing what it's one hundred percent about. Yeah. 
so uh, as I as we get to the opening of the film, I was sort of surprised mm -hmm. what happened, and then I realized that's the story, and I I, I overall was 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 interested what yeah. was happening in it yeah okay so did, um you didn't know it was about did you know what it was about i didn't know what it was about not gonna lie. the weird thing is so I, I know i said my that mcconaughey was the only thing i knew that was true prior to us that was that was true last month essentially on our lost world uh special yeah but between then and now coincidentally mm. i found myself re uh, reading the wikipedia page of one john quincy adams <laughs> well uh, <laughs> coincidence you say <laughs> well what happened was um uh, a, a friend of mine robin fosh uh, she hosts um repeat all mm -hmm. uh, which is a podcast i've guessed it on before uh she had tweeted some some like screen grabs from John Quincy Adams' Wikipedia page, and one of the, one of those screen grabs even was about Amistad, and I was like, "Oh, John Quincy Adams is kind of rad," and so I read <laughs> his Wikipedia page, and then I found out, "Oh shit, that's what this movie's gonna be about." <laughs> so you actually got a little heads up. Oh yeah, a little uh, accidental heads up. A little accident on, on on a chunk of, of the actual history of the film. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so I, I I did you know now I did kind of have an idea going in. Okay. Um, but how did you... I forget what you said. Did you like the film or no? I think I kind of overall liked it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I'll tell you, we know how I feel about historical Spielberg. Yes. And we know how I feel about the Spielberg of late, yeah. Lost World. Right. Uh, kind of dug Amistad. I kind of liked it. I... This is, this is a... Like we said, we've never watched the movie together before mm -hmm. recording. Yeah. Especially in this case, we've never really... But the fact of the matter... I... Normally, okay. The only time I ever watch movies with you, I've never actually you know, watched a movie with you at like a home. Yeah, not it's always been in theaters. Yeah, it's always been in theaters. So when the theaters, me and Matt are are are, are staunch don't talk movie guys. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I um I didn't know what the game was here, but I figured well since we're going to analyze this, I you know we, we won't be quipping or anything like that. But I kind of noticed we were both into it. Yeah, like we were definitely listening to it. Yeah. like you know um. So I kind of had suspicions, like, I think Matt might like this <laughs> Yeah. Which is kind of surprising me. So I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to jump the gun on it yet. So, but I'm like, I'm kind of liking it. I'm looking at Matt, I'm like, I think he's liking it. Yeah. Okay. That's how he says. So, kind of Doug Amistad. Yeah, I, will, I mean, I will say it does have, I think, a lot of the problems that historical Spielberg has. Sure. It, we could... Honest to God, slice a good hour out of this movie, I think. I, I think... A full hour could be cut. I, I definitely dozed. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, but when it's good, it's good. I um, think so, yeah. Which Agreed. I think is kind of what carries it through. Yeah. I've also been watching The Good Wife a lot recently, okay. and, which has sort of primed <laughs> me to enjoy legal drama, which, uh -huh. which you get a good deal of in Amistad. And... We're both Hamilton fans. That's true. I'm not gonna lie. Even though this is way past the events of the, of, of the story of Hamilton... It's enough. To it's kind of, I mean, John Adams Sr. is a, is a part of Hamilton. Is, yeah. He's not a character, but he's referenced. Right. Um, you know, Alex is actually mentioned in the film, and which I put Alex, a, you are you fucking friends with him I now? Probably, yes, he is. Alex. I am. Alex gets a shout-out. My out boy Alex movie. gets a shout-out. No, and I did kind of do a quiet fist pump up when yeah. when uh, Hamilton's name was uh, mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but but this is actually about John... Yeah, but the majority about is about John Adams' son, John yeah. Quincy Adams, yes. um, to a certain degree. He's not really the lead of the film. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I think a lot of those elements caught... You know, like you and me are definitely in this sort of looking in the... Thanks to Hamilton, we looked in the past of America, and yeah. I think that's kind of caught, caught our attention a little yeah, bit too. for sure. Um, I don't know, where else you want to start with this one? Um, let's talk about... I mean, do you want to talk about McConaughey? 
Yeah, we can talk about McConaughey. What I really like about McConaughey in this film mm-hmm. is it harkens back to a different time. Yeah. When, you know, I, you know, I'm all for Matthew McConaughey being in movies now. I think he's very good. Yeah. But uh, McConaughey performances in movies like this are not the same as they were back then. Because what mm-hmm. I like about a movie like this is he's kind of, even though he's in this historical drama, this maybe little stuffy historical drama, he's still kind of like allowed to be Matthew McConaughey yeah. <laughs> in a yeah. way that he isn't today. Like now yeah. if he was in this movie, he would really drama it up. Right. But here he's still kind of Matthew McConaughey, and that I find that very charming, and I like the kind of... I like to see him in this context. No, agreed. And it seems like he got him at the right point mm-hmm. in McConaughey's career where he didn't realize. Yeah. Where he wasn't so self-aware about his, all right, all right, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that Like that almost became something that became a problem in his like romantic comedy phase. Is that yeah. We get it. Like, you're just sort of sleepwalking <laughs> through really, these really, movies. Yeah. Um, but this is definitely the case where he's like, he's young, he's got a lot of energy, and he's definitely bringing an interesting, unique charisma. Yeah. Um, but he's not uh, McConaughey-ing it up in a bad way. Yeah. It's, it's bringing it, to, it's using him in a correct way. Yeah. And I do find him find him very, very engaging in this. I also like his, his with his sort of curly hair and facial hair in the film, he's like, he's like a soft little teddy bear. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I enjoy watching that. No, agreed. Uh, <laughs> and it's a good, because, you know, you're going to have some pretty intense characters in the story. And, yeah, I mean, there's the kind of, one of the worries I did have is like the kind of constant worry of a Hollywood movie of its story about, about the black experience. Yeah. With a white lead guy somewhere, and that's yeah, that that bothered me for sure. But it's also like I think it's another problem with uh, Jamon Hansu should have been the lead. He should right? have been the lead. Yeah. He's not. He's like definitely not. He's not. No. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say McConaughey's really the lead either. It's kind of maybe he was go- they were going for an ensemble feel, but it just yeah. kind of feels like it needed a little more focus. I, I agree, and that's something where because uh, here's the thing, like, uh, Jamon. This is definitely the first time any of us heard Jamon Hansu. He's a little baby boy. In he's this a little movie. baby boy. He's a little, got a little baby Jamon. Um, and he's amazing in yeah. this movie. <laughs> I've never even been a huge fan of his. I never like disliked him, but I've, mm-hmm. I've just never really kind of paid attention. But he's really good here. It, it kind of makes sense after yeah. this movie where people go, oh. Jaiman Hansu, like yeah. you're gonna put him in stuff, and I think the issue is you didn't know what to do with him that much after this came out. Yeah, you know he's such a unique kind of presence on screen. He's sort of it doesn't you know you putting him in action movies or, or whatever seems off. Yeah, you know like I saw you know he's in the island or something with Michael Bay or he was you know he was fine as one of the bad guys in Guardians, but it seems off. Yeah. Like, you know, like, he brings so much in this. I, for the longest time, he was my Black Panther choice. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, he is great in this movie. And actually, one of the interesting things about the beginning of the film, <laughs> which I wanted to bring up, is, uh, see, uh, I won't... There was an issue. Are you going to call me out? <laughs> no, no. no. You're going to blow up my spot here? <laughs> uh, there was an issue with the... <laughs> <laughs> with the, well, there's an issue with something that happened with the movie, and we realized that the subtitles weren't coming out. Yeah, we were we were not getting subtitles. Subtitles weren't available to us. Yeah, it's the beginning of the movie. Uh, all of a sudden, we realized like, are there supposed to be subtitles? And we looked it up, and yes and no. There are supposed to be subtitles sometimes, mm-hmm. but not all the time. We had subtitles no times. But here's the thing: I'd argue, kind of didn't need it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the storytelling is really strong enough for me to get it. I think the storytelling is strong enough for us to get it, and I also think that some of those scenes where we would have maybe appreciated subtitles could have been cut. Yeah, but for a good chunk, specifically, for a good chunk, but I was shocked to kind of point out, I kind of dug it. Yeah. Because it did, it did allow me to just sort of 
uh, absorb it a lot better. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, because the opening scene is this, is the, the revolt, is the massacre yeah. on the Amistad, uh, led by Jaiman's um, uh, uh, G- character. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't want to use his slave name. What's his real name? <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, but, um... It was funny. I was, um... Sing Bay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was listening to an old uh, Jordan Jesse Go recently on yeah. the podcast. And they were uh, sort of riffing about uh, what, what they were pitching as the feud between what they considered two emerging uh, actors, uh, even though this was like 2007 or something, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, obviously 10 years after this film. But uh, they, they categorized them as African actors with names hard to pronounce for Westerners. <laughs> and it was, it was Jaimon Hansu versus Chiwetel Ejiofor. Right. It was also in this movie. Well, actually, I did a little, hey, yeah. when Chiwetel showed up, I did not know he was in the film. And you're talking baby face. Oh, yeah. Chiwetel. He's, he's a little baby boy. He's a little baby boy. Jaimon is, is, is luck. He's clearly all over here. But, oh, my God, look at the baby face of, huh. of Chiwetel. And yeah. he's... Phenomenal. Yeah, where do you come down in that in the in the the bitter rivalry between <laughs> Jaiman Hansu and Chiwetel? Am I more Chiwetel than yeah. Jaiman? I think I, I have slightly been more on Chiwetel. Me too. Yeah, he's just been in more things I like. I've definitely been more on on, on Chiwetel's side, but I will tell you, this film maybe has shifted me more towards a Jaiman perspective. I, you know what? It's like Casey was like, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense why he was a big talk when that movie came out. That's actually the most thing I heard about the film. Truth be told, is yeah. this guy is great yeah. in the movie. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> totally understand. Yeah. He's really good in this. But it's, it, it makes it all the kind of more upsetting that he's like not the lead. Because yes. the movie would be so much better if he was. Agreed. No, if the film was entirely in his focus. Yeah. You know, and Matthews can come in. and like The film is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a abundance of, of, of treasure trove of amazing actors. Yeah. Because it's it's not just them. It's also you got freaking Morgan Freeman. Sure. You got Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. You got Pete, my boy Pete Postlewaite. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's boy for the year of nineteen ninety seven. That's true. He really liked Pete. <laughs> yeah. That's true. When Steven Spielberg really likes a guy, yeah. uh, he wants to hold on to that actor. And yeah. Yeah, it's clear that like he really liked him in Lost World. And to be fair, he was good in Lost World. Yeah. His character was just the film was not, but he was. Guy, yeah. He was, and I was like. He's he's really strong here, even though it's kind of playing kind of typical, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the other side he's of the, the of yeah, the case. Yeah. So he's got to be that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, he is Anthony a, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. David Paymer. I like David. Carpool's Palmer. own David Paymer. <laughs> I appreciate a good David Paymer. Carpool and Ocean's Thirteen's own David Paymer. Uh, the one. Weird... And you know what? He's also on a lot. What's that? As a judge. <laughs> the Good Wife. <laughs> It's a nice sneak in there for the second. Yeah. Uh, one of the more off-ball ca- oddball casters for me is Anna Paquin. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I have anything against Anna Paquin, but she's playing the queen, the 11-year-old queen of Spain. Yeah. To which I go, you tell me you couldn't get like, a, a, Spanish person? a Spanish girl yeah. to play that part? Yeah. Um, a bit odd. And she's not in it very much. Was she old for the role in this or young for the role in X-Men two years later? <laughs> is my question to you. She played an 11-year-old in 97 and had uh, how old would, would 15 year old in 15? 2001. Mm. Mm. 2001? I thought X-Men was 2000. Might be, you're right. I think mm. it was 2000. We're gonna... So, but if the question is, is she old? <laughs> I think she's definitely too old Here. to play an 11-year-old okay. queen of, of Spain. Yeah. Um... Uh, 
Xander Berkeley, another actor I actually kind of recognize. Like, oh, like, yeah. Wait, Xander Berkeley was in this? I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was the, the judge with the with the, the president. Um, what? Yeah. I didn't see, I didn't notice that somehow. <laughs> he somehow disguised himself from just me. Longer hair. Oh, and yeah. He looks old, and he, off, yeah. Longer hair and he looks a lot younger. You mean, you mean to tell me he doesn't look and dress exactly like his character in Terminator 2? <laughs> Because that's Sh- what I look for when I look no, for a Xander Berkeley. Shockingly, not really. You mean to tell me he was, he didn't have a big metal spike through a milk carton and then through his head in this film? I'm going to double check on that. Because that's, that's, to me... That's your iconic Xander to Berkeley. To me, the metal spike is, is Xander Berkeley's most recognizable feature. <laughs> um, I met Xander Berkeley once. You worked, met him? I worked on a film with him, yeah. Was he, was he cool? He was super cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Was uh, he tall? Yes. Okay. But Gary keeping... Cole's tall. We talked before oh, yeah, the podcast we, we about did. how I encountered Gary Cole <laughs> at the NoHo Lemley. Uh, Gary Cole is, I'm proud to report Gary Cole is tall in real life. Which we're, we're, I'm not going to lie, I was a little early to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you don't know. Some, sometimes I surprise you. Um, okay, so back to Amistad. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Gary Cole was there somewhere in the background. You know, at, at this point, I would, around. at this point, playing, being someone on, on, the, on the Supreme Council, I wouldn't be shocked. Let's talk about Morgan Freeman in the film. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you? What do you? What do you feel? Ah, here's the thing. Um, Morgan Freeman. He uh, usually uh, does, he, Morgan Freeman is one of those guys where you just go, ah, Morgan Freeman. Sure. Uh, I kept, much like I feel like um, Ben Kingsley. Yeah. You see him and you go, ah. Kind of not really in the movie. Kind of not really in the movie a lot. Yeah. Kind of yeah. feels like they're like, we can put Morgan Freeman in the movie, and they're like, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. I guess maybe it's in, in a weird regard. It's like you have the star power is big, but not a blockbuster big. But mm-hmm. it seems like it kept trying like, well, how many bigger guys can we put in here? Yeah, it's like you know we're gonna try. We're gonna unknown this Jaime Hansu. Bakane is getting up there, but he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hopkins is big, but is he enough to draw people in? And we can bring in two classy older actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Morgan's in there, and he's yeah, Morgan does. A good work, but he's not in the film. I mean, I feel like he just kind of does the Morgan Freeman thing. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's not off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, where do you think the film starts really cooking? Uh, honestly, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I like it better in the beginning. I-, I think I like the first court battle better than the second. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of feel a little weirdly let down by John Quincy Adams. Maybe it was just because I read his <laughs> Wikipedia page a bunch. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is very good. But, like, uh, I don't know, I just found that last speech kind of lacking. And actually, mm-hmm. I, I do want to quote from uh, Wikipedia here. Yeah. Because it was my favorite. Uh, this is from the Amistad page. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in the historical accuracy subheading. Um, this, uh, where is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. The film version of Adam's closing speech before the Supreme Court and the court's decision as read by Justice Joseph Story bear no resemblance to the much longer historical virgins. They are not even fair summaries. <laughs> <laughs> Which I suspected. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's rare that Wikipedia will like take a stand, because this is not a quote on Wikipedia. This is Wikipedia itself saying, yeah. <laughs> outright saying, like, no, this is not a fair representation. <laughs> I, I suspected that. It's, yeah. it's, it's got the big speech at the end of the film, this big old John Quincy Adams speech, uh, feels movie. And that's that. I think is is where my problems with Amistad come in. Mm-hmm. As much as I, I did, I I would say I enjoy the film, but I, I've got some big problems. And that it is, it does have that same problem, and that it feels like every other '90s history movie. Sure, which is my 
probably my least favorite genre of film mm-hmm. because it's so stuffy and so you know the the look of it they all have that same look somehow yeah like not super stylized yeah and lived in you want to be real lived in but also like the costumes look like that you could maybe go to a local play and yeah. see sim- <laughs> sure. similar costumes mm-hmm. and and i think this is these types of movies don't have a lot of appeal in terms of movies to me. I think where they can succeed is in the interestness of the history, and I think that's where Amistad does succeed. Right. We both talked about how we've kind of become a little more interested in American history recently. Right. And so doing the movie version, I, I feel like it would have been so much more powerful because John Quincy Adams was this very inspirational figure, mm-hmm. and it was a big court. It's not like the I mean, in real life they... they Rule that they wouldn't send him back to Africa, but they would let them live as free men in America. Right, like that's still a big deal. It still would have been a really good, inspiring scene, and yeah. I, I think it would have been more powerful if they had just kind of stuck to the true version. Yeah. Now, here's the thing: it almost comes off is that they feel like they needed to do this, yeah, excruciatingly long, show-stopping scene for John Quincy Adams. Yeah. So it's almost like you've, they realized we hired Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. How do we not give like a five minute monologue to Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, but there's a real five minute monologue they could have which used. Is, as well. Which is thing, right? But it, which is weird too, right? Because yeah. like, why couldn't you just use the real historical one? No, yeah. they want to use theirs. That follows their feeling, is this, their etc. Do you think this is maybe Spielberg returning to his old sweet vein? <laughs> just a little bit. Just being like, I gotta, I gotta push it really over. The I gotta push to the it. emotion. So and yeah, I, I suspect that. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not rolling my eyes here. As badly as some of other films of what he does this moment, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of this does stem from um, what Hopkins has done to has done, has done his performance as Quincy Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he does a really good sets the bar pretty high yeah. in his initial appearance, uh, in his actually introduction scene. And yeah, that's a great scene actually. His his introduction scene. Or he's like, yeah, like he's at the it's at the, the, the it's at the, the court, Supreme Court and or Senate, right? Yeah, he's and asleep. <laughs> he's asleep and it's everyone's already mocking him, but he's in fact actually paying attention. And he's like <laughs> You think I'm I don't care, but really you're just talking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I, actually, with all this is making me go. Can we see a John Quincy Adams thing? Like, I would be I, into a John uh, a JQA film. J, can we ask Lin Manuel Miranda? To, I wouldn't say to put effort into this hundred percent, but like, hey, just help it out. <laughs> well, I've, I've gone on record to say that I would like Lin Manuel Miranda to to adapt to pick a figure that he finds interesting mm-hmm. and adapt all of American history from Hamilton until now. Okay. <laughs> That's what, that is what I would like from Lynn. Mm-hmm. I know he's got kind of a busy schedule. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I've also suggested we that we really need to like pass a law subsidizing <laughs> uh, research into Lin-Manuel Miranda cloning technology. Because <laughs> um, really, we clone enough Lin-Manuel Miranda's one we we you know we could dedicate one to each to one each, of them each one of them would only have to make one new musical well that's fine I can yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with that yeah yeah right yeah. um uh, other things about the film I definitely feel like yeah uh, it's funny knowing knowing that Lost World Spielberg yeah. is uh, super 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 uninterested yes <laughs> it's uh it's nice to remind me that like I can tell that he was engaged with this one. I can see it. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of it comes from trying to do a lot more pushing visuals that's not relying on a CGI effect or a creature effect. Yeah. So um, the opening scene with the, 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 the massacre on the Amistad is, is pretty striking. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a lot of the stuff with... The, actually, most of the, uh, the the scenes with the slaves uh, is kind of that uh, him bringing in his um, his Schindler's Lynn well, energy. Yeah. Schindler's List energy. For but sure. in a very different manner. And I'm, I'm not feeling like he's repeating himself in that scene. Yeah. Despite the fact he is shooting another scene of, of, of atrocities, and it's shot by Janusz again. Yeah. 
he's not repeating himself, and I actually do think it's really interesting in that regard. I I kind of had a problem with those scenes actually. I'll, okay, I'll tell you why. Uh, there, I, I think they do share a lot of Schindler's List in that they are these very kind of brutal atrocities we're saying, and played out with you know no 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 sugar no yeah. no no filter or anything. Uh, but to me, they, it feels like they're not hitting as hard in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's because maybe Spielberg didn't have as didn't feel like he had as much of a personal investment as with uh, this as he did with sure. Schindler's List. And I think where you see that in the film is is by the fact that that John is not the main character. Yeah, yeah, I think it would have worked a lot better if and that those those scenes we're talking about come in the form of like an extended flashback in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. to before you know leading up to their their revolts on the ship. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been worked better and would have suited the sort of epic tone more if they had just told the story in order following Jaimon from being taken away from his right. home through this, seeing him go through all this, and then you would, that would really, it, you know, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't need to, you wouldn't need this big exciting thing to start at the movie because it, w- it would feel like a really satisfying climax. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then, know, that's a phenomenal point. I, I'll agree to that. Thank you. I'll agree to that 100%. Um, I think a lot of it comes back to listen. It's written. It's written, directed by a bunch of white guys. Yeah, that's that's the truth. And because you're you're right. Because of that, that uh, that level of 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 empathy is while they clearly empathetic. Yeah, they're not still they're not seeing in that regard. Yeah. Um, this is still a story. To- the the main thing that that is happening from the sort of meta perspective is this is something being told to Matthew McConaughey, right? As opposed to this is something happening to John Hansen. I henceforth, you or the audience are watching it, yeah, and you're, you're experiencing it in that same regard. I actually no, wow. The more I'm thinking, the, the, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. The, I'm thinking about that restructuring, yeah, and that would have been something, yeah. That really would have, especially if you start with him in his home, in his normal life, yeah. what he considers normal, what he knows is normal, yeah, and then you take that away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the big I, yeah, yeah it would have worked a lot better. Right? I know mean, the, the ending of the film would have hit me huge. Yeah, like it's fine. I'm not saying I I overall liked it, but it, it's my emotions on the film is fine, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's yeah, like, I would, yeah, I would right, agree. Oh, yeah. But whereas like in Chitna's List, yeah. um, they do a very good job of allowing you to really kind of absorb everything and yeah. to feel everything. Yeah. Um, and like yeah, you know, again, maybe it is maybe that is the case. And it's interesting, you know. I was reading on the fact that like a lot of people were would would you know there was apparently when you know word came out like Spielberg was thinking about doing it. Some people were like, "You sure?" Because yeah. last time he did, yeah, um, Color Purple, which yes, it's it, it got accolades, but it also did get um, heavily criticized yeah. by the African American community. You know, um, some folks did like it in the African community, and then there's a good amount who did, who were like. No man, well, this is why are you making your your and, and even the way even just how it came out. It's like it still feels like a white guy trying to perspective it is as opposed to being a black filmmaker yeah. talking about it. You know, um, so it's the thing. Spielberg is, is a solid enough visual is a solid enough storyteller that it's still going to be compelling. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know that. Uh, that perspective isn't doesn't feel doesn't ring true. Yeah, and maybe it wasn't even a thing of personal. Maybe it was him just being like, I don't want to repeat Schindler's List, so I'm going to do this one differently. But mm-hmm. I think whatever whatever caused it, the end result is the same. Yeah, funny um, enough. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Check the time. Um, um, but a good lawyer story is always a good lawyer story. Yeah, and that's I think that's where the film really worked for me because that yeah. that seemed kind of that was really well executed. It, it's a thing that um, I feel like yeah, it, it, that's where I agree with you. The first case is. The most engaging. Second case is, is if anything, it's extending, it's extending the ending. Yeah, to which, a certain degree. If it had moved a lot faster, like 
I think it would have worked better. Um, Maybe, yeah. If uh, if we kind of just went straight from the first case to the second with like maybe just one scene to kind of bridge that, yeah. I think that would have been a easier sell. Mm-hmm. But now it just feels like well, we already had the big emotional release at the end of the first one. Why right. are you, we're doing it again for a sort of lesser version? Well, it's weird because there's a part of me like I do like a lot of those scenes with mm-hmm. with the uh, with Cinque and 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 John Quincy Adams. Yeah, I do like those. That that's that's fair. Uh, that's true. Um, but so it's this weird case where I feel like if anything, the big issue is the, is the speech. Yeah. Because it it doesn't feel like a big case as it was in the first case, where it does feel like I have we have these evidence, we have these proofs, we have these we have these witnesses and they have testimonies, etc. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting case of a testimony situation because like you know I'm, you know like we actually aren't really hundred percent sure what's the angle they're going to angle what's the angle they're going to do for yeah. this case and when we find that the case is like, we're going to have to prove that these guys aren't from yeah. um, Cuba. Yeah. These are st- taken from, from, their, Africa, from, yeah. their, from Africa, which yeah. is illegal. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting angle, and I found like, I was really engaged seeing how are you going to try to prove that, and et cetera. Yeah. Um, here it's like, yeah, I mean, there is something to it when when um, Kanye's character basically still Cinque, I'm sorry, you have to do this again. Yeah. And it is excruciatingly unfair. Yeah. Um, I think that is important. But you're right, when we get to that, you know, the big junk with the Adam scene, something feels like you could have rushed it or you could have done the pacing better because it just, it doesn't feel like the levity the first one did. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they, they did it, as like in the first one. Yeah, what if... We what if we could sort of and listen they've already thrown historical accuracy out the window yeah no, so sure. what what if they just kind of mushed mushed the two cases together in a weird way mm-hmm. where you you still get that of like that scene of him being like you have to do this again I'm sorry okay. yeah but we kind of because I think a lot of what works about the second case is like you said John Quincy Adams talking to um Tinka yeah uh, if we could maybe just reconfigure the timeline a little bit yeah. so that that is happening during the first trial. If we're doing this, right? Yeah. Like, my whole... Is like, if you guys are going to kind of fudge it the way you, you usually do, yeah. fudge it. Fudge it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, Come we on. don't mind. How much we love Hamilton? You know, that shit fudges it all the time. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I think the thing is, like, for me, it's like, when people... To go on a side rant, when people um, knock on, on film for being historically inaccurate, mm-hmm. I go... Yeah, because it's a movie. Yeah, you read a book, nerd. That's what I say. Read, read a book or listen to or, or read the testimonies of the real people, etc. Pick, pick up a tome by Doris <laughs> Kearns Goodwin if that's what you want. Right, because you're going to sit through a film. They're telling you a story. Yeah. You know, they're not here. Even documentaries are still somewhat fake. Yeah. So this is all just storytelling, mm-hmm. you know. And if the story is compelling and they're going to twist it to make it compelling, mm-hmm. then it's the story. It's not your, you know, th- just remember that they're telling a story, not telling you. These are the twenty facts about what happened on the Amistad yeah. and the United States versus Amistad case. Yeah. You know, these are accurate. I made sure. I, these are my citation. This is my this is my cited uh, yeah. notes, etc. You can this look is... it up. No, it's a movie. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So yeah, you guys, even though you didn't, you chucked out the original Quincy Adams speech. Yeah. Find a way to piece it out so it's melds in yeah. a nice Budget where you way. should and keep yeah. the history where you should. Yeah. They got the reverse here. Yeah, I think keep, the keeping history where it should is is pointing out what how unfair this case was. And let's pull. Let's just go back to Hamilton. <laughs> it's just good to be in that world. As I said, you know, Hamilton fudges are a great deal. There's some. There's some stuff that's not true. But when it's time, mm-hmm. like Washington's final address, his farewell address, that is 
almost word for word the real farewell address that they just put right they just put music under it right because the, the history can be powerful when you need it to yeah uh, and I, I just feel like this movie kind of took the wrong path on both sides I, I agree yeah um, anything else sticky? Uh, what else sticks to you? Sticks out to you? Any good, uh, Excuse me. What else sticks out to you? Know, you know, any good or good or good or negative kind of? Uh, uh, I don't know. You got anything? Um, uh, no. Like I, I really got nothing. I asked you that question and I couldn't deliver my own answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm actually just relieved how much you ended up liking it, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there. I mean, there. You know, there are problems for sure, but yeah. uh, uh, overall, this is this is not a bad movie. But you know what? Which I, is good for my sanity because after <laughs> Lost World, I was very worried about the future you, of this you podcast. Want, listen, between after BFG and Lost World, I was yeah. very concerned as well. But I'm kind of part of me. Another reason I'm glad is that it's just a solid enough movie that at least you and me can go. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, but here's some truth, right? It's uh-huh. nearly 20 years after the movie came out. Yes. I think it is abundantly clear why no one really talks about it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's easy to forget. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was looking up uh, Steven Silver's filmography, mm-hmm. uh, just so I can get our uh, our next... Uh, Episode ready to, in the head. Yeah. Uh, in, in 1989, he ex- executive produced a movie that was just called Dad. And I, don't know, I don't know why. There's something very funny to me about that. It's just a movie called oh, Dad. Cat. You went Sorry. to pet a dog and it turned out to be a cat. <laughs> hey, Belly. Um, um, dad? Yeah. I don't know what, what Dad is. I've never heard of that film. But um, Talking about, well, like... Okay, I think we're going to have further is it, investigation. Is it a prequel to Ghost Dad? Maybe? Oh... <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, I doubt it is. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I can see why this one kind of gets forgotten, especially given the other historical movie he did right after this, which we will talk about when we well, next yes. month. Yeah. But um, um, here's the thing, right? It's un- I, I almost feel like it's kind of... Um, it's worth a watch yeah. at some point. I would definitely say if you're in a history class in high school, like a lot of my teachers did, I'd say this is a fine one to watch. In a classroom. It kind of reminded me of Glory in that regard. Yeah. Which I did watch in a classroom. As did I. Yeah. Um, because our, you know, teachers are lazy, like historical <laughs> movies. Um, Shout out to Mr. Lamb. Showed us uh, Glory in seventh grade <laughs> history. Might have been eighth. Mr. Newman from uh, <laughs> from uh, my eighth grade history class in Brookers Junior High. <laughs> Lexington for me. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he showed Mascazzaro one year. Mascazzaro? <laughs> What was his name, Mr. Newman? Mr. Newman. Get it together, Newman. <laughs> he was the football coach. <laughs> oh, it's a classic situation. Anyway, um, I feel like this is actually somewhat worth a watch. I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, you got to see it. But mm-hmm. if you're if you are actually interested in this period of history, I honestly would say, you know what? Give it a watch. Give it a watch. Yeah. It's and if you're a filmmaker interested in this period of history, maybe do the better version because <laughs> I think it maybe. could use it. Maybe I th- there's do the a, John Quincy Adams story. Please do the do the Sinke, do the proper movie about Sinke. Because you know what we're we're letting we're letting the David Paymer characters of the world win when they say <laughs> he's only going to be remembered for his middle name. I can't remember if that was David Paymer or another Somebody, one. Somebody, Van Buren, cronies. <laughs> um, you know what's also surprising? Side note: the movie has just enough levity uh-huh. to keep us engaged. Too. Yeah, it's not like laugh out loud good laughs, but there's a couple of moments like. Pretty good bit. Yeah, that's good. That's a good giggle. Yeah. Um, which hell? A movie like this needs this, yeah. you know. 
Um, you know what? One more thing I'll add, I'll add this to one last thing. Between, mm-hmm. yeah, this is definitely the return of Spielberg doing one for the fun. Yeah. One for the history. Yeah. And... But uh, this would be two in the row with the history with the next one. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and definitely with the case where it's like, unlike the back-to-back of Jurassic Park and Enchantos, this is the one year where it's like, no, the dinosaur one? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm good. The yeah. history one? Well, not as good as the... As, uh, clearly yeah. not as good as the other one. Good. Yeah. So... You were batting, yeah, yeah, the batting average in this one. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting, like, so he did Schindler's List and Jurassic Park in the same year. Yeah. And then took three years after, off after that. Yeah. He did Amistad and The Lost World in the same year, mm. and then came right back the next year with another movie. I wonder what that says about the toll the, uh, the, 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 this pair took on him versus the other two. I, you know what, this is an interesting angle to me, too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it became very clear that after Schindler's List, I, which just took a lot out of him, understandably. Yeah. Um, he was trying to figure himself out. Mm-hmm. And... I think I would even argue why he decided to do a Jurassic Park sequel in the first place. He yeah. figured, you know what, I can do a Jurassic Park, that, sh- that could be fun, and I can get Jeff, you know, I'll get Jeff back in, yeah. I'll hire some actors I really like, and, you know, that fun good old monster chase scene, and let me try to do something else, and he looked up, like, Amistad, he figured, oh, that's a compelling story, I can do something with that, there, yeah. there, I could, that would be my recovery yeah. from, from, the, from the year that I, had, I did Genesis List, and you can, can tell, like, this is already the beginning shift of the Spielberg that we're going to get from this point on. Yeah. Uh, Boring Spielberg. (laughs) Uh, Blockbuster Spielberg uh, went away after Jurassic Park. Yeah. And put on a... That version of Blockbuster Spielberg. You know, it's going to be arguable from this point on. But um, it's interesting to see, like, from that to the beginning of the guy who, like, felt like artistically Lost World was nothing to him. Yeah. And then Amistad was artistically something that he can try to push for. And... Yeah, I, I'm seeing him pushing some different visuals, different cam- camera angles that he doesn't do normally. Um, and I'm very intrigued that, that like, you know, like, this is clearly him caring. Yeah. And it's an, and I I was I was surprised to see him not care. And that yeah. that's what surprised me about Lost was like, wow, you really didn't give a shit yeah. on this one. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm stunned. The one where he started to give a shit again. Yeah. <laughs> but in a different way. But in a different way. Um, any plugs? Yes. Um, this episode will come out tomorrow. And I'm uh, hoping that's enough time. Because I've been a terrible, terrible person in this regard. I am an associate producer on a film mm-hmm. called Lumpia 2. Yeah. And I should have been promoting this for three months. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we had a Kickstarter. I mean, uh, it's a we have a crowdsourcing campaign, crowdfunding campaign for a website called Seed and Spark, mm-hmm. and it is um, uh, basically we're uh, using this sort website as supposed to Indiegogo or Kickstarter because it's actually apparently it's specifically aimed for filmmakers. Okay. Um, so if for some reason you want to, you, know, you can d- donate to the entire film, or you can if, if this appeals to you, you can donate to a department. Oh, that's so, interesting. Actually, one of the cool things I found out is that some there's been enough people who donated to the stunt team mm-hmm. department, which was a three thousand uh, three thousand five hundred dollar uh, budget. They enough people donated to the stunt team for the film that the stunt the stunt half is done. Oh. So enough people really wanted to see uh, this, the the fight scenes in this movie that I'm involved in, which is a martial arts Filipino family comedy. Yeah. About a that super, classic genre. That classic genre. Yeah. I made one. <laughs> um, the way I've been pitching it to some people is that I like take machete, mm-hmm. add a little bit of uh, my big fat Greek wedding, sure. add a dash of teen angst comedy <laughs> drop, add, add a teen angst comedy, mm-hmm. 
wrap that up in an egg roll wrapper yeah. and then deep fry it and that's our movie I'm into that yeah thank you um, the campaign ends on September 15th oh shit <laughs> um, so get out there today so if, if listen you listen to this day if up, you listen look up Seed and Spark Lumpia 2 that's the or Lumpia sequel uh, we already got a, a the, the lead in the, uh, the the guy who's playing the superhero in the film how about this yeah. I, this is I, this is not like this is a huge big offer mm-hmm. but if you donate if you listen to this day up and you donate to this fundraiser mm-hmm. and you send us a screen grab yeah. either on at Ben on Steve or Ben on Steve at Gmail which is an account we will check <laughs> we have it yet um, we'll, we'll give you a shout out on the show yeah that, boom that's, that'd be great yeah no if you've been listening to us uh, exactly how Matt descri- uh, dis- uh, just did uh, just came up with that right now yeah. I didn't ask him to do that that's a good <laughs> call um, if you guys are listening to this on the day of the episode yeah. when, it air- when it pops online that would be amazing screen grab it prove that you donated anything a dollar don't care whatever yeah. Um, donated any money to the film, give it to us via the Twitter or the Gmail account, mm-hmm. and yeah, you will get a proper shout out in the next episode. Yeah. I swear it. Um, so no, I'm a. Like I said I'm associate producing the film. I've been doing some of the writing on the film. Nice. I can announce actually, my good pal Earl Balon, mm-hmm. who is also a producer on the film and one of the writers. Uh, he actually just got bumped into supporting cast member. Oh, nice. So he. They they uh, uh, they announced it today that he was gonna actually gonna play a role in the film. And you but may recognize him from the Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider franchise. If you like the char- if you like the recent Tomb Raider reboot and the character of Jonah, I'm assuming he did because Jonah's apparently the only survivor <laughs> from the first game to the second game. Um, then you will uh, you will love uh, uh, Earl in this film because he's basically playing the Jonah in this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about it. Uh, it was I I hope to. I hope that we can get this film done. It would be a great, uh, be a dream of mine to finally see it to be a part of be a part of a film that's a crazy, kooky comic book inspired action comedy that has Filipino leads in it. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dick because I keep forgetting about it every time me and Matt record. So, <laughs> but you didn't this time. I didn't this time, and I'm mm, charging through. <laughs> As usual, also you can find me on Twitter at JessaKeyzon. You can also find my writings on agesofguard.com. Yeah. Uh, you can also still, I am still, 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 still doing video day on Instagram. What month did you start that? I started that in May. May, and it was supposed to be just a month-long thing, yep. but it's kept going. I've, I've not missed a day. Nice. I've been, I have done every single day up until today, and I will have one, I already have one up today too, so like. Well done. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm all, I'm all good, Matt. Go to BenViewNetwork.com. Check out all the great shows. I host some of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can check out. We recently had a couple of live uh, episodes from uh, Comic-Con Palm Springs. Uh, yeah, I always have to remember if it's Comic-Con Palm Springs or Palm Springs Comic-Con because those are two separate entities. <laughs> this is Comic-Con Palm Springs. We had some live episodes of shows in there. We, did, we finally did another Popsicles for the first time in months, so you can check that out. Um, and check out the most recent episode of Midnight Marinara on BenvyNetwork.com because I feature as a voice in that episode. Nice. I play the reporter in that episode, so check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's Dr. Matt Benson. You can follow this show on Twitter at Ben on Steve. We pretty much only tweet when we have new episodes, but if enough of you follow us, maybe that'll change. Yeah. Um, and uh, rescue dogs. That's my new plug. It sounds like a weird joke thing, but you know what? It's a good thing to do. If a dog, if you go to your local dog shelter, if they need a rescue, do it. My dog's a rescue, and it's been a very fulfilling journey. You know what? I I support it. Yeah, that's, that's my new thing. Like Bob Barker warned you to neuter dogs, I want you to adopt dogs. There we go. <laughs> uh, and check us out next month when we will be talking about Saving Private Ryan. Woo!
I'm Mark from Comic Nerds Unite, and this is my hetero life mate, Tim. What's up, Mark? And what's up, world? Comic Nerds Unite is a comic book podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing nerds together to talk comics. So we pick a book or graphic novel that we all read and discuss it at length. Then we talk about some of the books we read for the week. I love comics! Me too, buddy. Check us out on ComicNerdsUnite.com or on iTunes. Comic Comic Nerds Nerds Unite. Unite! This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.